It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is the third episode of season six, and I am VA. I'm here with Jeff. Heidi Ho. And Tim. Hello there. So Tim's Tim's video seems to be working so far, but who knows? And maybe he'll just keep his face frozen in like shock and horror at anything that we say, which will be hilarious. <laughs> we'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Um, I kept telling Tim earlier, I'm like, maybe your video will freeze. Then that will be fun. Because I left all of that in the episode just because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, Anyway, um, you know, we got a pretty jam-packed week, uh, week, uh, jam-packed episode full of various information. So let's start off with one of the things that I'm very proud of the Bruins for doing this week. It is a long time overdue, and I know people, there are people who will criticize this move and it's dumb, but the Bruins are going to retire Willie O'Ree's number 22, to the rafters on February 18th. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. He, he, to be clear, people are like, well, what did he do as a player? And I'm like, well, first of all. Broke the color barrier, for fuck's sakes. Exactly. <laughs> he broke, broke the color barrier, right? Which, the of the four leagues, the NHL was the last one to do it. They finally did. He, you know, he uh, broke it. This is what's really significant. On January 18th of 1958. Oh. Yes. So and tomorrow is the anniversary. No, no, no. So tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow. It, I know. People won't hear this tomorrow, but they'll hear it after. Yes. Tomorrow is the 63rd anniversary of that. And it also happens to be Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday, the day that oh. we celebrate it, right? Uh, because his birthday was actually last week. But but anyway, I just think that like whole confluence of things is like, it's just all great. Retire the number. You're going to do a pregame ceremony uh, in, in February to do that. He is touched and honored. You know, even though his NHL career was not long, he did play professional hockey with one eye. One functional eye, guys, until 1979. And, of course, we know Willie O'Ree as just being an awesome person who just wants to make the game more inclusive. With the uh, really fly-tasting hats, too. Oh, my God, he's so dapper. You know, oh, I, I was thinking about this this week. The epitome of dapperness is wearing the three-piece suit. Not many people can actually really pull it off, but he does. Do you know that he is the youngest of 13 children? Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. And he started wow. skating early and he started playing organized hockey when he was five. So, like, he worked at it and he knows how great a game it can be. And he wants to share that with kids of all colors, ethnicities, everything. You know, everybody should be able to play it at whatever level they can. And. So also, the people mad can, like, baseball retired Jackie Robinson's number throughout the entire league. Mm -hmm. So no one in the league can, like, wear his number. And every day, every 
April, I think it's like April 15th, they have Jackie Robinson Day where every single player on all the teams were number 42 just for that game. It's so like it's celebrated in other leagues. Why not the NHL? It is a reminder of the fact that we had a past that we did not include everyone, and now we do. So I can answer the question, why not the NHL, Tim? I mean, the easy answer is, like, even today, black hockey players are in vanishingly small supply. How many black stars have there been? First black star would have been, like, Grant Fuhrer. Yes. True. Like, true, like, star stars, like, Fuhrer, Subban, Iginla. There are a lot of good players, but, like, I don't know... (laughs) The only thing I can say is it's going to take more time. And that is frustrating. But, you know, the more that people work at it, this new generation coming up fighting for it more, I think it's going to get better. Keep in mind, like, I grew up in an age where, I mean, I didn't watch hockey. I, I watched football. But one of the things that happened during my my generation was black quarterbacks became more prevalent, I mean, they're still pretty fucking rare, but yeah. (laughs) Right, right. But I'm talking like the only black quarterback I had seen. Doug Williams. Doug Williams, right? He won a Super Bowl. I remember watching Randall Cunningham and just thinking, wow, this guy is so fun to watch. And what is it that people are saying like black people can't play quarterback? That's bullshit, right? And it's just one of those things. And then you had Jimmy the Greek come out and say things about how people were bred. And it was like, no, no. Oh, that argument. I've heard that one from other sources, too. That's not a good one. No, no. That's how Jimmy the Greek got kicked off of uh, CBS Sports, because he said that. uh, And it was just like, that's not it. The issue is that kids aren't encouraged to play that position. And And they're not encouraged to do that at all levels. So you don't have the development. So so basically, what I'm trying to say is it's frustrating. It's gonna take a while. It is great to have black hockey players and have some really good black hockey players i mean one of my favorite hockey players is seth jones i love that kid it's said that's why it's a big deal and it didn't really get it got undersold in the end that 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 quentin byfield was second overall went second overall right there was a little bit of chatter about that but it was pretty like low-key and mind you there have been pretty high african-american and african-canadian picks before obviously you know i'm uh Vander Kane was a high pick again, I think was like a fifth overall or something like that, you know, but still it's rare. And second, that's a new high. I think Vander Kane was number four overall. And he, he congratulated Quentin Byfield on being the highest drafted black player. Yes, it it is kind of overlooked. I think it's a great thing. I had actually forgotten about it because, you know, he's with the Kings and that's on the other side of the country, but (laughs) I think it's great. I think it's wonderful. We can only keep encouraging it and building it up. And I think that the younger generations are going to see that a little bit more and it's going to get better. That That's my hope, in, at least. So and I just want to clarify when I said Seth Jones is one of my favorite players. I love that kid. I meant kid as in like he's literally young enough to be my kid. <laughs> Nothing, no derogatory thing about that. You know what I mean? So I just want to make sure that people know that because, you know, words are important and I don't want anybody to think that I was denigrating him in any way, but I do love him. Yeah. It's uh, it, all the NHL players, at least this weekend are wearing the celebrating equality. Willie O'Ree decal on the back of their helmets. It, 
If you watched the Nesson feed of the game yesterday, you could see that they had a graphic on the ice for that. So that was pretty cool. And uh, I think it's I think it's a great thing. I would love to see it league-wide if they retired 22. Um, you know, here's the thing about the well, well, interesting thing about this. One of the first things that struck me. Oh, Bruins are retiring his number. This makes this makes the Hockey Hall of Fame look really bad for retiring him as his, for for honoring him as a builder rather than a player. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. I kind of wonder if they circle back and reinduct him again as a player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't. I don't expect it. It would be the right thing to do. And in fact, he he belongs on both on the merits in both categories. Right. Right. Because he had a very sustained professional hockey career, just not in the NHL. In the NHL history, he's, you know, despite the fact he had not very many games played, important, right? Yes. And if you look back at it, too, to piggyback off another point with that is the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame has inducted players that never played actually in the majors or only played a year or two in the majors after integration, but they played in the Negro Leagues for so long and had such a illustrious career there that they were like, yeah, we the have ho- to on the hockey people. hall of fame to self describes. It is the hockey, not the NHL hall of fame. right? Exactly. Exactly. There's, There's all these players that never once played in North America, except, except during like Olympics. So yeah. Yeah. So no, you're absolutely correct. You, by Marriott alone, he should be in there for that. You know, he broke the color barrier. He had a very long career in a professional league or professional leagues. It's not the NHL purely but the nhl should recognize that he was the first player to break the barrier and that's a very significant thing especially if you want to keep going on this idea of equality inclusion it's the way to go yep especially since they keep trying to push hockey is for everyone and then they take steps back to kind of undermine that whole slogan you gotta do something at some point you gotta do more than just the slogan right yeah i'm all for it this is how you grow the game. You get more people interested in it when you do things to honor people who made significant contributions. Don't get me wrong. His builder contribution is significant, too. But as I said, he belongs under under both categories. And there's there's there's, there's precedent for that. <laughs> right. Also, another point on Bruins doing this, that's a big deal for a team that's really stingy on its number retirements. Yep. Most other teams would have retired Wayne Cashman's number, for example. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And they did it on their own. They apparently it yeah. was Cam Neely who called him, and he he could not believe it. Obviously, the game worn twenty two was found by the uh, by someone who gave it to the Grizzlicks who gave it to him. So that's really cool. Member of the uh, Bull Gang there. But he said that there were there was a time where, you know, 22 wasn't his given number all the time. Obviously, that happens with lots of players. He had worn 18 at one point and 25 for like, as I described, a hot second. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he came up in different stints. But 22 is the one that is associated with him. And if you wanted to know, it's not a number that he chose and, and had, spit, you know, particular significance to him. But now... Obviously, it does. So, yeah, I don't want to um, take away from this moment because I think this is a great moment. But as a result, Craig Smith had to change his number at the last minute before the season started, which is fine. Who cares? It doesn't bode well for his tenure on the team by the based on what number he picked. Twelve. It's not as cursed as eight, but like the most recent incumbents were in in order. Um. Uh, 
um, Brian Gianta, <sighs> Simone Gagne, mm-hmm. Jerome McGinla, Brian Rolston, Chuck Kobusu, Brian Rolston again. <laughs> I want to point out Jerome Aginla, Boston weatherman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, long story short is unless you're Jerome, unless you're, uh, you're, you're you know, um, uh, Brian Rolston, you know, Grover Clevelanding your way through things. <laughs> you, you don't have longevity with 12 on this team unless you're Wayne Cashman. And I think that's just the this state sayings like retire this poor bastard's number, guys. <laughs> Well, I mean, so far he's only showed up in one of the two games and he wasn't immediately at practice or something this morning. So they're saying he's Cassidy apparently says he's expected to play tomorrow. Okay. Unlike and, gosh, we'll get to and, if, and even if he does, I think we're getting uh, Richie top six forward tomorrow. <laughs> Debrusque is expected to be uh, the right wing on the Bergeron line. Yep. And then Richie, Creepy, and I don't know, Smith maybe is the second line. No, I, I saw Studnika this afternoon. Oh, that's what it is. Studnika, yeah. Yeah. And then um, Bjork, Coyle, Smith. Oh, you have my attention with that line. Yeah. Which also means Frederick is four left wing. Yep. Yep. Like fucking a bottom six. I mean that top that that top six is a dumpster fire. But you know, <laughs> you know I, I get you know how we, we said something in the the first and second episodes about uh, Cassidy and his love of scrambled lines. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a <laughs> like I'll sit there and I'll watch the game. I'm like, what? <laughs> we, we've had about 348 line combinations in two games, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's the worst thing is about these last two games like before we even get into them miles wood always played good against boston we're gonna they're gonna pay too much for him at the deadline and he's basically just chris wagner the rest of the time <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna i was going to say when we talked about the games um which i had planned to do later but might as well do it now i was gonna say trade for miles wood <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I it would like, be such an extraordinarily swinging thing, but like, except against Boston, he is genuinely Chris Wagner. There's a reason he plays on the fourth line most of the time on that team. <laughs> I hate him. But Pat Maroon was similar in ways, and he was always, and still is a Bruins killer. There's the thing about Bruins killers. If they're on your team, there's no one for them to good to play get a, good against. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which means all you've done is neutralize them. So what you do, I, I suppose you trade for them and then send them to your taxi squad. But like. All right. All right. I don't want to keep going into Wellswood right now. I do have a time and a place for that. It's not right now. Okay. Burn the wood, though. Okay. All right. So I want to get through some other things, right? The Bruins have a, a season-long decal that they're going to wear this season. It's for Travis Roy, number 24. Remember, he... Uh, he became uh, paralyzed uh, seconds into his uh, BU career, and uh, he unfortunately passed away last year, uh, late in October, after having an experimental procedure. So to honor his life and his charitable contributions and everything, they are obviously wearing his number. I like that. He's he's kind of one of those 
with what happened to him, it was very easy to kind of, it's very easy to kind of get depressed and kind of give up on a lot of things. And he definitely didn't do that. He was kind of, he, he definitely tried to make the most of it and make it a positive and inspire a lot of people. So it's I really, it's so important for hockey in the city of Boston. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, and that, that's just awesome. Like you, you see other cases with that, that kid in Minnesota, Jack Jablonski, for example, managed to stay, stayed engaged in, in the sport and stuff after that too. You, that's a, that would be a hard thing to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, hockey players are supposed to be like family. So you take care of your own, you know, you see that also with Denna Lang as well. You know, she's still counted as a member of the pride and, you know, she does stuff with the Bruins and, so it's good. It's like you want to keep the people who were harmed during the sport taken care of. It's it's not necessarily their fault. It's not necessarily the sport sport's fault. It's just how it goes. Yep. Uh, so I think that's a a good thing. They're they're all honoring him in that way. Now, here's where we get into the good stuff. Let's talk about Kevin Miller for a little bit. Kevin Smash. I know. <laughs> Honestly, Miller's looks great. Yeah, Kevin Miller is the one thing I'm not worrying about on this defense. And I thought, how can you come back? How can you come back from that? It's been such a long time. And it's like, hey, you know what? I'm wrong. It's good. <laughs> uh, I'm. I'm. There's other things I'm not worried about that I expected to be, but. And directly related to Kevin Miller looking great is Jakob Zaboral. So so far, looks like he belongs. Yeah, let's like, celebrate. To the point that. where I'm wondering is like if they needed to shuffle this because I don't I, I don't think Lausanne on the top pairing is working. It's like I think Zaboral could handle being in the top four. Well, you know what? I think he's going to need to earn a little bit more, which is painful because watching Lausanne that high in the lineup, not good, and then well, Grizz's second game was just move on from that (laughs) yeah it was not good you know at what point do you say hey let's try john moore (laughs) in place of Uh, lozon the only catches i mean you you have to reshuffle i'm not putting john moore in the uh, on the top pair but what if you put him in the second okay you know grizz just had a bad game and it'll work on the top pairing or you say well zaboros looked solid can he die can he absorb doubling his minutes the answer that's probably no at this time right I'm optimistic. The early returns look like maybe that can happen, but you know, you got you got to work your way there. <laughs> yeah, I, I ideally I would like to see Zaboral in about fifteen to twenty games before I'd start shuffling him up. Same here. Yeah, I agreed. And you would have more if the season were longer. You'd have a little bit more time to play with that, but it's not. So you have to think about this really hard. I think Grizz had a bad game. I don't think that a lot of Bruins had a really great game last time but i really want to get back to kevin miller because i first of all didn't expect him to really be doing this and i did not expect him to play punchy face with miles wood 19 seconds into the game yesterday which was fine if you can do it and not get hurt don't throw your shoulder out please (laughs) or break your hand it's been so long since we'd seen him skated i i'd like forgotten that he was actually like a really good skater for a man that's built and for, for a man that's built like a tree. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's really had to work on that too. I mean, and he's had a lot of time to work on that. 
Again. But no, I, I'm, I've been thinking about like he was. I don't. He, it's like maybe I just blocked it out or something. Because like I mean, like I always knew he's a better skater than you'd expect. But it's like he couldn't have been this good before. I'd remember that, right? I mean, maybe, but maybe not. I mean, it's just been, it's been so, it's been so long. It's been so long, and I, I, I didn't expect to get anything out of him. And good for him. To, he worked hard to get back and. For two games, anyway, he looks good. Right, right. I do. We do have to temper everything with. It's a very small sample size, and, and plus the fact that even though like they didn't exactly have the best record against them, up to a third of the NHL of the Jersey roster is probably not actually NHL NHL caliber ta- talent. No, yeah. and a third maybe even being generous to them. Yeah, you know what? Why don't we just get into the Jersey games? Let's just get it all over with, and then. So, so I'm gonna start off with what the fuck is a Yegor Sharagovich, and um, where can we get one? <laughs> uh, uh, but also, poor Mackenzie Blackwood, because he deserves so much better than the Devils. I didn't that good. One, I want to point out that the Bruins won a shootout game. They did. They did. And it was Brad Marchand or Marchand. It was Marshy. He 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 won it after his. And it, he did not overskate the puck this time. He did not, and it was so non. It was so nonchalant too. It was kind of like yeah, flip, fuck the wrist, done. Get good, go win two points. I just I could not believe that they won a game in the shootout. I was I was happy, but I was also pissed that it took them to the shootout to win that game. I, I just I. I'm frustrated by the Bruins again, seeming to try to find their game against a team that is obviously worse than them. I mean, this yep. will come with the caveat: a short pre, a, a short camp, no preseason, long break. They're all, they're all. I know it's all the same rote, usual excuses, and it applies to everyone. Yes, yes, but I don't remember a time this this team ever started well out of the gate. Started quick out of the gate. Didn't they start out last year pretty quick out of the gate? I mean, Tuca was on fire last year. That was no, rare. I, I thought October was still shit last year. No. No, Tuca was good last year. It, but, like, in terms of what I think I agree with Jeff is their scoring hat, like, their scoring early on in seasons has always been kind of suspect. Right. Relying part of what, it's part of what worked to their disadvantage in the bubble, right? Right. Well, I mean, obviously, Pasta's out right now, and he's a huge part of the scoring for the Bruins. Well, so. yeah. Well, and that's just it. And if you're relying on the power play, missing Pasta and the ripple effects that him being out has, again, no fucking centers on the second on the second power play unit. It basically means we've given up here. We're going to do what we can on unit one. So, yeah, that's that's the concern right now. We are two games in. There is not a huge amount of time to be finding your game. Okay. No. You have 56 games. Normally, what does it take? About a quarter of the season for you to kind of figure out what kind of team you have? Well, a quarter of 56 is like, what, 14, 13, 14? So, yeah. I mean, I also think... 14, both, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Boston has two times a year in recent seasons where it seems to get in the groove, though. Mid-November and beginning of February in the last couple of years. Now the beginning of February one's a terrifyingly unfortunate time because that, that that that's fifty six games plus into the season, right? Mm-hmm. That November roll, that, that typical November roll, that parts it, you know, a couple weeks from now, right? 
So pretty optimal. <laughs> of course, it also puts that typical December, that typical December, early January ugliness in also a really bad time. But <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not in panic mode, but I am concerned over two games against a bad team, but a hot goalie. That should be noted that they've scored exactly zero five on five goals. They have scored one shorthanded goal and two power play goals. Yeah, that's not great. I no. mean, uh, on the bright side, so their penalty kill's been... Good-ish? Yeah, good, because I don't think they scored a power oh, yeah, play goal. Yeah, their penalty kill's at 100%. Yep. Uh, their power play didn't convert quite what you want to see. No, no, but Nick Ritchie <laughs> managed to score one net front, which is his job, so... I was going to say my only comment on that is, um, if, huh, if only there, if only there wasn't another time a Richie scored in the first, in, in the opening game, and that totally foreboded well for how their season was going to go. Oh. <laughs> but also, Nick Richie should have probably scored like six different times in game one, and he finally got one on the power play. <laughs> like, if if Nick if Nick Richie had any finishing ability at all, oh my god. Painful. What he needs to do is like take six, seven shots on goal every game. Then maybe he'll get one in. <laughs> I'm concerned. I'm kind of amused by the the very quick blender lines that have been happening. Honestly, I didn't really watch much of the first game because I was just not in the mood. Just was not in the mood to do it. And the second game I actually did watch because I was like, well, let's see if this goes as well as the first one. No? Okay. <laughs> now, there are some, some obvious bright spots. We've already talked about Miller and Zaboral being both just, like, refreshing, and, and in Miller's case, astonishing. Zaboral and Bjork. And not Zaboral, sorry, fuck, Frederick and Bjork. Frederick and Bjork, yep. They've been, they've been they're really both, They've both been absolute animals. <laughs> I know. Just, you know what it is? It's because they're competing against one another for, for a roster spot. <laughs> Competition yeah. does bring out the best in people. It it does, and honestly, I I've been I said earlier I actually had an article where I wrote that in October that Frederick deserved a shot on the team, and I thought that he should be on the fourth line. He's he's uh, playing well. I, I, I he's hitting things. He's uh, he's playing. He's just playing well. He apparently got you know Subban all flapped just by yapping at him like. Subban, yeah. you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to yap Subban into doing something stupid because you'd you'd reckon that that guys that do that themselves should be immune to it or know what yeah. you've done to them. Yeah. Well, no, yeah. because they go on the offensive all the time, right? They go on the yeah. offensive all the time, so they, you know it's like it doesn't matter what you do to them because they've made their quick hit uh, with a verbal hit. So. That's what I think is going on with Subban. So if, if he doesn't get that in on you and you get in on him, you've destroyed his, his verbal game. And quite frankly, Subban might be hurting a little bit. His heart might be hurting a little bit because he and he and Lindsay broke up and that's very sad. So what can you do? You just got to move on, PK. Got to move on. Yeah, but PK doesn't really look like the exact same player that he was, huh? Oh, no. and it's not even like you know i would like having him on my team for half his salary no his half half his salary is still close to five million (laughs) yeah i i just think that he got some injuries down in in uh, nashville and 
they've just kind of fucked him up. I mean, I think it's one of those cases too, beyond the injuries. I mean, in Montreal and then in Nashville, like he was used so much, and you only you can only take so much wear and tear, like in minutes. That's true. Not, not, everyone, not everyone's a Chara, a Lidstrom, or a Suter that can play thirty minutes a night for a decade and keep on and keep on trucking, right? Exactly. No. So it's it's a shame. I was hoping it would go better for him in, in Devil's Land, but hey, it's not terrible for the Devils because, you know, they're third in the standings with three points. <laughs> you know who's also just behind them in the standings with three points? Oh, the Bruins. <laughs> oh, right, because they scored one more goal in actual play, which means they have the goal, which, which means they have the um uh, have the goal differential tiebreaker. <laughs> yep. 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 Your your division leaders right now: Capitals with five points, Flyers with four, Devils with three, Bruins with three, Rangers with two, Islanders with two, Penguins with two, and the Sabers. You know what? I don't really like feeling bad for Buffalo because you know what? Well, fuck it. Like you know, you chose to be Buffalo. You could have been something better. But like at the same time, <laughs> at least they have at least they have the Bills this year. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> that's that's good. They got something that's working. It's not the Sabers, but and Lord knows it should be the Sabers, but it isn't. So. It's it's not, and it's too bad too because, for whatever reason, and like I love their uniforms, I love the color scheme, I just like the way they look, and to me, it's sad that that they're so bad because of that. Not a team that's generally known for having the um have, have, have being sartorially sartorially well put together. So that's an interesting take to have, Tim. I, I like the current ones a lot. I like the current ones a lot. The the picture day of Jack Eichel. <laughs> he really looks like he's given up. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah. He looks like the one where he looks like the dude from uh, Home Alone. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, like, like looking at it, it's like, you know, you, you, watching the picture day, like progressions are always fun. I mean, OK, Justin Williams doesn't count because he did that shit deliberately. But like you know, it's and it, and it's and while like you know, obviously the classic one, the Brent Burns one, which is just hilarious because you're watching a man evolve, reverse reverse evolve into a Sasquatch. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> also the the ten of one this year with the Penguins, I think, where he just looks like he's seen everything. <laughs> like... uh, yo. <laughs> the old Gary it, Roberts stare, huh? <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's progressive. Like the stare, like they went back and just progressively was like, he just like starts to see shit. And you can tell when he starts to see shit. And now he's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here anymore. <laughs> I, I have stared into the abyss and the abyss. It just laughed at me. It didn't even bother staring back. I wasn't worth its time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so seriously, trade for Mileswood. <laughs> oh, he, he's my least favorite player in the world now. It's going to be over. No. We have, uh... <laughs> I'm not really serious with that. Come on. But just make him go away. <laughs> um, so in terms of... um. Uh disappointments like we gotta have what the fuck is debrusque doing out there i don't think he even knows <laughs> remember 
last week? Was it last week when you were saying, what, what is the piece that you, you keep saying that you're looking for, you know, on this team to, to be, you know, to take that next step? And I'm like, what is Jake DeBrusk? <laughs> I mean, like, we're, we're, we're at the point where I kind of wonder if he were to sit down, to sit down with the coaching staff, if, if Bruce would look at his notes and look back up and it's like, what exactly is it you would say you would do here? <laughs> Bring in the two bobs. That would be great. <laughs> see, see, this would this would be easier joke back in the day when we had the two dugs. Uh, um, the team had several dugs on the coaching staff under under uh, under Claude. Doug Huda, Jarvis. Oh, Jarvis. Oh, Jarvis. Oh. Yeah. Sorry, forgot. Yes, yes. <laughs> the two dugs. You're right. Yeah, it would be a better joke. You're right, but. Now I'm just imagining the, the two Bobs asking Jake DeBrusque exactly what he does here. And he's like, well, you know, like, I kind of come out onto the ice and I skate around. And I'm uh, a people person. Yes, Jake, you are. But like. <laughs> I'm a Mr. Steal Your Girlfriend, right? I don't drink water. I drink nothing but Coke. <laughs> when I read that last year, I was like, What? <laughs> because there's a whole article on hydration and Charlie McAvoy's like, try to get all the hydration I can. And it's like, now he's like Pedialyte guy, you know? And it's like, and, <laughs> and Debrusque's like, I drink Coke. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I remember, was it last year they talked about how it was like one of the things that they always look forward to is what sort of incredible, what, what sort of incredible nonsense Debrusque is going to say. Like, um, some of the things I've read, maybe, I think the kid's a little touched. <laughs> like 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 at least some of his cheese has definitely slid off of his cracker there are like whole accounts on tumblr that are dedicated to hockey teams texts to each other like group texts to each other and debrusque is always being kicked off the chat <laughs> <laughs> did you even know what he was saying uh no <laughs> That's like one of the least surprising things I've ever heard. Like <laughs> he he's out there. He's definitely the Red Sox the Red Sox used to have a player back in like the seventies. His name was Bill and Bill Lee, and he was so out there that his nickname was Spaceman. <laughs> and like Jake DeBrusque is getting into Spaceman territory. The only other example I can think of of other of teammates saying I have no idea what this such and such teammate is saying are, are were stuff about Esatikinen, who rather famously had had a teammate once told by Jari Curry, "Oh no, I don't understand a single word he's saying either." <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Actually, the only other time I've heard it with the Bruins is with, it was with Dobby, and. <sighs> Okay, so, yeah. like, because I think there was there was one behind the B section where uh, Dobby was talking. At, he was the backup goal, and he was talking and stuff like that. And he was like, it looked like he was trying to coach. And they asked him, he's like, oh yeah, I was giving them pointers. I think I really did a good job. And then so they asked the player if he heard what Dobby was saying, and and he's like, yeah, no, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. <laughs> Tommy gives zero fucks about whether or not you understand him either. Dobby's <laughs> like, I'm from fucking Kazakhstan, guys. I have no fucks to give. I, I played hockey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
snobby. Yeah, the, I, I'm looking forward to games that aren't against the devils this year, apparently. Until well, we yeah, come tomorrow, eh? So that's 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 nice. And uh And hopefully we'll find our five on five game. Hopefully. I mean like hopefully, but it's also against a Trots team. Yeah, there's like, that. you know, he's, he's you know, with them uh, with Boucher back in uh, wherever it is they send Bond villains between between reboots. It's him and Torts are the goalies that make things uh, the, uh, the coaches that make things impossible these days, right? Torts and Trots, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, so is Guy Boucher with Columbus or with the Isles? Oh, no, I just said they send them back to wherever it is they send Bond villains between oh. reboots. Oh, okay. Okay, so Torts and Trots. <laughs> okay. Uh, because just to say. The ether. Away for a couple of decades until the recast is Christoph Waltz. Um, right, right, right. The, the, yes. Okay. So <laughs> I just got very confused. There was a lot of words there that I was like, I know some of those words. Honestly, like I was just the DeBrusco podcast there. <laughs> you, and then you said torts and trots and you know that I get confused. <laughs> it also doesn't help that the Bruins are also dealing with injuries already so that's fun amongst the things that miles wood did he also injured andre kasha so that's fine yeah i forgot about that kasha is already injured and it was up under the visor so who knows if it's concussion or eye injury or whatever it's an upper body that's all we know upper body and he's unlikely for tomorrow fantastic today but he's probable apparently so thank god well, his is an injury management thing. Apparently, he's got a nagging lower body injury. But nagging lower body injuries are usually really awful because it, it's either a groin or, a, you know, like an ankle something or other. And blech. Bottom line is, we're, we're, today was a practice between games two and three. And we are already having Lindholm and McKegg taking regular shifts in practice today. Gregory McKeggery. I will not stand for any Lindholm slander ever. Look, I love, I love Lindholm and like, and then Greg McKegg's actually like, you know, uh, I mean, he's what he is. He, he comes as advertised, which is perfectly fine. But like, at the same time, it's like, we're two games in really both. They're, they're getting reps now. Fuck. <laughs> That's fair. Are you the one who chided Tim for like, uh, on Twitter yesterday for like being like overblown about his reaction? Uh. I mean, a little bit, yeah, but, you know, like, <laughs> I feel like there's an economy of scale thing here. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought that was amusing because it's like, one, it's like, oh, yeah, Tim's going off again. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, okay. And then you're like chiding him like, <laughs> there's zero chance this won't be mentioned tomorrow. <laughs> I mean... And I think I'm being completely even here right now. I'm just like, oh, absolutely, eh. yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know, you got a, a limited amount of time to figure things out, boys. So let's figure it out. Again, my position going into this season was YOLO. Whatever happens, happens. So, okay. But at the same time, I want to see that. I want to see that forward group all at once. Or I should say the forward group that involves, well, I mean, Richie's done nothing offensive, but I still think Andrew Bjork's probably a better player. I, look, all I know is this. I learned this a couple of years ago, and this is a football thing, so I apologize for cross-pollinating here. But Bill Belichick once said, you don't know what kind of team you've got until you've played six games, right? So basically, you know, you have to play a percentage of the season 
before you know what team you have. Now, now you have to convert that to relative to the number of games because that turns into quite a few games going from uh, ho- from football logic to, to hockey logic. Well, it, <laughs> it does. It does. Okay, but 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 basically, it's like uh, what is the percentage of six to eight to sixteen? It's less than half, right? So it's like what we'll say forty percent. You have to play forty percent of your season before you know what you really have. Hockey, it's a little bit different. I think you can firmly tell what you have at about twenty-five to thirty percent of the the thing. But so that basically brings us into sometime next month. We got to figure it out. Or you know, here's the thing about that though: if it takes twenty-five to thirty percent of an eighty-two game season, why would it still only take thirty 20, that much of a, of a shortened season? Like I'm not in the same within the same sport. I'm not so sure about that. If you're thinking it takes twenty-five games in this case to well, no. know a team, that's a half season. Well, well, okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying too. Hey, okay. and, I'm talking about percentage, not numbers. I guess. Oh, I recognize that, but I said 14. I said 14 games. The same sport that doesn't work that way. <laughs> I, I'm saying 14 games. We're gonna know what we have, okay? And hopefully, when is Pasta coming back? Damn it, he's coming I mean, back Pasta, sometime this month. It sounds like it depends, when, once they're back in Boston this week and we see what the nature of his skating. Right, that's participation, right. Participation, well, then we'll have a field. So we'll we'll start getting our first inklings on Tuesday. Yeah, he's uh, in a red no contact jersey when he's skating. So, but and didn't travel. So you know he's been away from the team skating on his own for a few more days. So we'll see where he's at. But before they went on the road trip, it kind of seems like okay, that's ahead if he's skating with them and in no contact. So they think he might be about a week or so ahead of the schedule. So we'll see. Well, even then, that would probably be the beginning of February, because I think I saw originally it would be like right around the second week of February. So in a couple of weeks, it'll probably another week and a half ish. No more. Yeah. Okay. so what I'm trying to say is don't panic. I mean, if you like panicking, go ahead and panic all you want, Tim. In my defense, I have felt like I was going to puke for the last week because of this game in like an hour so like i'm a little on edge okay dude your team pushed all in this year so like you know i hope they you know at least kind of make it worth your time (laughs) well it's it's all in for two years because brady did sign a two-year deal well yeah but like ultimately he may be tom brady but you never know what 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 he'll look like next year right that's that's true and gronk came out and said on nfl network today that he'd want to come back next year so that's another thing so he'd be back fuck you gronk i guess (laughs) (laughs) yeah retires because because then it's like oh i can play with brady and not be and not play for belichick okay i'll come back for a couple years now yeah yeah Fuck you, Gronk. Any amnesty and amity I had for you is gone. Look, I was only rooting for one team in this postseason, and they are playing now, maybe, and I'm sure they're being blasted away. Oh, oh, well, I just got an... Patrick Mahomes has a concussion. Oh, ow! I just got that notification on my phone. Oh, wow. That's bad. That's less than ideal and the chiefs are only up by five with 10 minutes left in the game oh my god fucking I mean, I browns feel like it would take an act of god for the browns to like you know actually be good although although the most browns thing ever happened right before half they fumbled oh. the ball 
on the one-yard line, and then it went out of bounds through the end zone, so it's a touchback. And and on that play, there was a definite helmet-to-helmet hit that was missed and not called. So it should have been Brown's ball anyway because of the helmet-to-helmet hit. And it was like – and then – so there's a minute and a half left in the half, and then the Brown – and then the Chiefs go ahead and go get a field goal. So, like – yeah, yeah, I I walked out of the game after the touchback. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. That's the worst. <laughs> That's the worst I, I hate rule. that rule. I hate that rule so much because oh. it's like I haven't seen a huge amount of things turn back because of that. But it's it's been enough that I'm just like, what a dumb rule, you know? Just it's like over the glass penalty. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I hate it. So anyway. I had resigned my fate last week when the Browns beat the Steelers, and then I saw who their next opponent was. I'm like, well, that was fun while it lasted. So it was fun watching them beat the Steelers until they almost gave the game away, and then they continued to to keep it out of grasp. So I loved it. You know, Steelers, I mean, how could they go into the postseason with no running game? (laughs) I mean, they're the Steelers. Uh I uh, and Ben Roethlisberger is set to make like forty-one million dollars next year, and even if he a is like cut or traded or b retires, they're still responsible for like a twenty-three million dollar cap hit, which is hilarious. So regardless, they have to pay him twenty-something million dollars. <laughs> Saps. Like that's just that's peak. It's hilarious. But he might be like the last quarterback standing from that draft year because Eli Manning's gone and, and Philip Rivers, it can't be coming back next year. I want him to just because I like Philip Rivers. Well, I mean, like how many kids does he have now? Like yeah. 10. Yeah. I mean, if he can pop one more kid, if he, you know, if his wife can pop one more kid out, maybe he'll play one more year. <laughs> and I like that he doesn't swear. So his trash talking on the field is hilarious because he will not swear. Well, no, he's very Catholic. Yeah. Very Catholic. Well, 10 kids, I think we, we know that. He doesn't. <laughs> I was going to say, that, 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 that's, that's, that's some pretty unambiguous every sperm is sacred ideology there. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he got married in college and they started having kids in college. Yeah. That's pretty serious Catholic stuff. And... Look, if you can afford to have 10 kids, by all means, have 10 kids. Now, I'm not putting a judgment on there. I just think it's hilarious that it's like every time I think about Philip Rivers, his wife's having another kid. <laughs> yeah. That poor woman. I swear. Well, it's like the, the, the poor woman is like, okay, well, oh, honey, according to, according to the calendar, it says you're healed from the last one. Let's get another one in there. Oh, I don't want to think about him that way. I don't want to think about it. I mean, that way. like if you have 10 kids, that's more or less exactly what had to have happened. Ugh. Look, I think about my family. I have uh, a nephew, a couple of nephews and a niece, and they were all born like uh, 15 and 18 months apart from each other. And it's like, wow. So like my first nephew was born and then 15 months later, my second nephew was born. And then 18 months later, my niece was born. That's that's a lot of kids in a very short amount of time. I've heard of faster because, like, I've heard of cases of ten month gap, which is just almost impossible to understand. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> There's this myth that 
if you're still lactating, if you're feeding your babies, you can't get pregnant again. That's not true. It, because it, for some people it works, but for other people it definitely does not. So that's why I call it a myth. Yeah. So anyway, I don't want to talk about childbirth anymore, but I would like to talk about some medical stuff. I, I kind of glossed over a couple of things from uh, a couple of uh, goalies uh, in the last few weeks. So last week we did a very short kind of like out the door, like, oh, Corey Crawford retired and that was it. And I think it, did, it needs a little bit more than that. So we're going to talk about Corey Crawford and then Henrik Lundqvist, which is the bigger story, I think, in some respects, because we know a little bit more. And it's very serious. So Corey Crawford had signed a two-year deal with the New Jersey Devils, moving on from the Blackhawks. And just before the season started, like on the eve of the start of the season, basically, or on the eve of the rosters needing to be in, he retired. That was it. Like he hadn't been participating in camp, I think, already. But Yeah, he took a leave of absence. That's right. He took an indefinite leave of absence. And so, you know, the, the Devils players were like, hey, he's got to do what he's got to do. I'm not worried about it, blah, blah, blah. And then just before the season was about to start, I guess it's because they needed to know what was going to go on with him with that roster spot. And he told them that he was, he was retiring. And so, like, it's interesting. They never said anything about why. We do know that a couple of years ago, he struggled pretty bad with um, uh, concussions and, um, and and vertigo, but then came back last year and played really well. I mean, well enough that they gave up Leonard. Yeah, that they gave up Leonard. Of course, they let him walk too. And that, that someone wanted to sign him for a two-year deal. Yep. On a 35-plus contract, mind you, too. Now, I will say, though, of course, at this point, the new CBA had been voted on, and the, the rules around 35-year-old, 35-plus contracts had changed. New Jersey is uh, suffering no penalty from uh, Crawford's retirement. Okay. I think it's been, it's because his, there was no bonuses. It was just even money. Like the AV and his cash were the same as why. Mm. I think that's fair. Why should they be penalized for that? But, you know, we, we don't know why he retired. We can guess. And, you know, how old was he? He's like 35, 35 or something. Yeah. 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 So. You know, I mean, the good thing is he's won a couple Stanley Cups. Yep. So I was gonna say he's got three rings. He was the winning goalie and up for two of those rings. So <laughs> yeah. So like he he had a really good career. So that's good. And maybe it was just a it was time for him to take care of himself his health, and that was what made him retire. Now, I had said before we started recording that I thought that there could be something else that played into it. And it could be just knowing that another big goalie who was, you know, in his late 30s had a very major announcement about his not playing this season and why. While these two things can be completely not connected at all. I have to think that if you see somebody who is a prominent NHL player who plays your position, who decides that he can't go. A player that, say, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and is probably the it is going to displace Curtis Joseph as the best goalie to ever play in the league without winning a cup. Right. I, I have to think <laughs> that that could play a factor in your decision about, you know, your body and your time and what you want to do from this point on, especially if you're not feeling well. And we know about concussions that these things just don't go away. They're They're no, chronic. No. You can have symptoms that come on and go away, or you can have symptoms that come on and last for such a long time. So 
We don't know what's going on with him. And certainly he deserves his privacy. It's none of our business to know. We're just talking about it, right? Henrik Lundqvist, though. Wow. Of course, he was bought out by the Rangers in the last year of his contract because, you know, he had been on the decline and they wanted to go with their new younger guy. So he signed a a one-year deal with the Capitals, right? And he put out notice that he wasn't going to be able to actually play this year. He needed to take time off because uh, he wasn't well. And then he came out with a second Instagram post that basically explained what was going on. So he had a heart valve defect and he was also going to have to have, in addition to having the valve replaced, he was going to have to have part or his whole aorta replaced. I love medical stuff. The aorta is the major blood vessel pumping oxygenated blood into the heart And when something goes wrong with your aorta, it is devastating and very life-threatening. So basically, I decided I wanted to look this up a little bit more based on what he said. And uh, what happens with the heart, when the heart valve is defective, it doesn't allow the blood to go through the heart. And the heart has to work harder to get the blood to go through. But then there's also like a backwash of blood back into the aorta, which causes a bulge, which is... An aneurysm. So depending on how, what is going on with that aneurysm, it can lead to a a dissection where pieces or like parts of the blood vessels start separating from each other. So the bulge, you know, um, in between will have like layers of the vessel separating and blood will get into there. And uh, the pressure builds up and that can explode. And that is certainly a death incident. So basically, that is all stuff that would be like if they did not detect all this. All we know is that, you know, defective heart valve, getting the aorta replaced. You know, these are mechanical things. These are biomedical devices that are being put into him. So I severely doubt that he will be actually able to play ever again. Um, I was going to say, he's going to have a great, he should be able to have an excellent quality of life. I can't imagine a scenario he's able to play. I know, but could you imagine him on NBA, uh, NBC Sports Network on the game Oh coverage? my god, I mean, like, I feel like, like they, they couldn't put him and uh, Patrick Sharp on, on the same panel because they would just smolt, the cameras would just catch fire from all that smolder. I think everything would melt. Everything would melt. But I feel for him, I'm glad, I am so glad that whatever medical interventions they did have worked. He's out of the hospital. It took him nine days between the surgery and the the getting out of the hospital. I'm very glad that they detected this before he went into a game situation because I could not imagine what would have happened to him had that burst. It's that he would have dropped and probably been dead before the trainers could get to the, could get to the crease, let alone paramedics. Right. We're, we're talking about your aorta bursts. You're dead dead so i i'm just so glad because you know what i might talk shit about players but i don't want to see anybody die in the ice because that's not right uh you you should not be that kind of person so i i don't want to see anybody get hurt like that i I, we've already seen peverly we've seen bowmeister have these like incidents where they had to be revived and it's scary chris wagner had to not play in the last few games of the playoffs in the bubble because he had a heart arrhythmia. Like like I said, you know, it doesn't matter who the player is on what team. You just don't want to see this stuff. And I'm glad 
that it was detected. I think it's so sad that it's it's most likely, and I, I would say probably the end uh, of his career, but I do look forward to the smoke show on M- uh, NBC or NBCSN. What if ESPN just picked him up? Oh, my God. No. I mean, like, you know, uh, they should just give him his own sports talk show. He could be his own, he could be his own house band, too. Oh, yeah, his brother plays, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, so does he. Oh, he does, too? Oh, yeah. wow. Oh, my God. Wouldn't it be great, the goalie show, and then he has Tuca on, and Tuca's going to play drums, and, you know. <laughs> Look at my Metallica drum set. <laughs> Send warm thoughts of healing towards both of those goalies ways you know you hate to see people retire or have to retire but uh in the end health is more important lundquist i know for sure has a couple of young kids so this is a much better thing for him mm-hmm. speaking of goalies i just and i forgot to say this earlier during the when we were talking about the devil's games it was very nice of tuca to give ty smith who was playing in his first nhl game his first nhl goal that was so giving of him. You know, Tuca's good for that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, normally he would give it in a way that the person might have to pick it out of their forehead. But, you know, still, he was very polite of him. Polite this time around. <laughs> <laughs> because before the game started, they showed some footage from MSG uh, Network talking to Ty Smith about how exciting he, uh, excited he was about playing his first game. And it's like, of course, he gets goal. Like, damn it. So... So fun. All right. So I think, unless you guys have anything else that you want to bring up. Okay. This one's a hard one not to bring up. And I think I know what all our votes are going to be on this. Uh-oh. So there's been talk out of Florida about a certain Bostonian defenseman. Oh, yeah. That's right. I forgot about this. Yeah. So apparently, although he's supposed to be playing I guess, tonight, I think. Keith Yandel has more or less been informed that he doesn't really factor into the Panthers' plans this season. Uh-huh. He has uh, three more seasons counting this one on his contract at, I think, about six and a half million, something like that. How old is he? I want to say 34. Give me give me just a second to make sure before I you know, go on the record with such things. Might be younger than that. That'd be nice. Oh, 34. Yeah. And it's uh, 6.35. Sorry, a little bit cheaper, but yeah. Um, so right away, we've seen a bunch of things and he's like, he has an NMC, so they can't wave him and put him on the, um, uh, and, and put him on their taxi squad or anything like that. So right away, we've seen a bunch of people coming out and I say, talking about how Bruins should, 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 should look at him. My thoughts are complex on this one. What do you guys think? I think if you're looking for a defenseman to move the puck and you want some scoring out of your defense, you consider it, but Three years at six point five and his age six three five. Oh, yeah. six three five. Well, all right, not much difference, but that's that's a lot. I mean, you could take him on and then decide to buy him out. I guess if you wanted to at some point, but I feel like if he wants out, Florida is probably if they trade him are going to have to retain salary. Yandel is still an unequivocally useful player. And he wouldn't. And there are not a lot of teams he wouldn't make better, but not at six point three five. Yeah, I, I was going to say the next thing would be asking them to retain salary. How much do you ask them to retain? Two point five? Half. I mean, like I push for the. Here's the thing: is if he wants out and he's driving the bus, right? Which means he can just say, "Oh no, I only want to go to this game." He can do an againla. Florida's up shit creek. 
Mm-hmm. Retention is the only negotiating chip chip they have in the event of a, of a Yandel trade. Right. Which means like the only way they might get anything of value is with maximum retention. I think that with the absence of Krug, you have a problem there with your defense. They want Charlie to shoot more. That is what Cassidy wants him to do. He does. He said, I don't want you to take on a leadership thing right now. I just want you to shoot the puck more. Right. Mm-hmm. Get comfortable. Do that. But right now he has a liability on his left side. So that makes it harder for him to do that. I'm not saying put Keith Yandel on. Is he a left? A Yandel car, a cheap, a retained Yandel Carlo pair. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to, to say, I'm not saying put Yandel on the top yeah. pair, but I'm saying if you can get Florida to retain half his salary, get him. Honestly, even with retention, you could probably get him for like a second and a D prospect. And by D, I mean like D grade, not D position. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I think as is, no, I wouldn't go for that. But salary retention and uh, give them what they'll take for him because they don't want him. He he has no value, but they can't move him. No, they, they have – he has no movement clause. They can't move him. He paid too much. They have no leverage. Right. Um, It's worth making the call. I'm not saying they need to do this, but it is worth making the call. Oh, definitely make the call. Oh, yeah. Like I thought about it. My initial thought was, oh, dear Lord, don't do that. But I thought about it more and haven't watched this team now. It's like I love Grizz. I do. But if this team can't figure out how to store it five on five, they need to be they need to be converting at the power play rates that they have with Krug. And Yandel's basically the only player out there besides Krug himself that can make that happen. Right, right. I, I do want to make sure that I, I point this out, though. I, I don't want Yandel here just because he's a hometown guy. No, I'm only talking Yandel because I bet this is one of the places he'd wave that NMC for in a heartbeat. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm just saying, I want to make sure I, I, I state all of this, all of my yes. caveats. So I'm just like, I don't want another just hometown guy because now I understand exactly why the Wagner coil thing's going on because they are using that PR all too much. So it's like uh, Yandel, oh my God, they're going to like feed into that too. But I think that... If you make some really smart, savvy deals, Don Sweeney, to get this guy here, because you were obviously missing something on that defense. I, I know we're two games in, but I just don't see it unfolding. It, it, because, like, you typically have to have a guy who is known to do that, like Tori Kerr say, was. One piece, I think, would fix it. Yeah. So um, I actually, like, like I, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Saboral does with Miller. It's Lausanne, a player that I have always liked. Mm-hmm. And still do that is the problem. Yep, yep, and we've seen that. We've seen that. What do you think, Tim? The only way I'd really want it is if if Florida retains half. That's the biggest thing for me. Is they would have to retain half the salary. That at three point at three point one seven five, like. Well, yeah, for you the next two and a half for the next two and a half seasons. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I think that would be really good. Uh, anything more than that, it would like even uh, maybe the most I would say I would be okay with is like four, but even then I'm still kind of iffy. I would say that's the most I'd be probably okay with though. And because if people didn't like Krug's defense, they're not gonna like Yandel's very much either. Yandel's D, yeah, I would say Yandel's D at one point was better than Krug's is, but it is not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. But that's <laughs> so, why that's why you put him with with Carlo. 
the exactly. story. Exactly. You, Carlo would be able to would be able to hide that deficiency. So I, I would say if if the retention is big, how much they'd be willing to retain. I think Yanda would obviously want to play for Boston. I can't see him not wanting to. I feel like that would be fairly uh, fairly obvious. He comes back uh, every offseason. Yeah. So just wanted to point that out. Now we've discussed what we would go to. My guess is the team would probably even go up to about five and a quarter. Yep. Why do I pick that number? Because that's what Krug made his last season here. Ah, uh, okay. I don't think I don't actually think Gandalf's worth that much, but I could see it and like justify it to myself, right? Particularly keeping in mind that if it fits this year, it doesn't fucking matter after this year because this team will be washed. Right. You can obviously use a little bit more leadership on on your uh, defense as well. So there's a lot of young guys. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I will, I will say though, even though it's only two games to the defense. Um, we didn't really mention this, but Charlie McAvoy looks really good. Yeah, but we want to take a little bit off of him. <laughs> we definitely do, because he's got a lot on his plate. But through the first two games, he looks awesome. He's um, he's playing good defense. He's throwing his body out there. He's hitting people. He's kind of doing everything you would want him to do. He's playing really well uh, to start the year. And that's nice to see, because, I mean, obviously... Um, when they drafted him, we all know, knew he was going to be the eventual um, replacement for Chara in terms of the number one defenseman and things like that. And it looks like he's, he's so far, he's looking like that. Yeah. By the way, I just wanted to point out, um, does anybody else cry out in pain and horror and sadness when they see Chara wearing a Capitals uniform? Yes, I hate it. Last night I was scrolling through my Instagram and I saw him in his uniform like, no! The worst thing about it is I was ready to move on. I was like flexed for it months ago. I'm like, okay, we're not going to have Chara. It's going to be what it is. But this isn't, but not like this. Not like this. Nope. I was not and ready. And now that we have to play the Capitals like, what, seven times this eight. year? Eight. Yeah, eight. eight. Like, oh, that's not great. That's That's less than ideal. No, no. It's uh, decisively suboptimal. All right. Maybe we should shift gears and talk about what our upcoming schedule is this week. Okay. Or the Bruins' upcoming schedule, not our personal schedules. <laughs> so, loading. Yep. Okay, so um, we have uh, three games this week against two different teams. Um, starting tomorrow, that would be uh, January 18th. So the Martin Luther King Day game, which of course you know is is is, is a pretty reliably Boston thing, plays a lot, but, but plays a matinee or in this case semi matinee on uh, on Martin Luther King Day. Yeah, um, in the last couple of years they haven't played it, but okay, I feel like they have, or maybe they they just stop after the one where they broke where, 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 where they broke um uh, Stamkos in that way that made people puke. No, no, no. I'm just saying literally the last couple of years, like, you know, okay. um, so like 2020 and 2019, I don't think they played the matinee or at least one okay. of those two. They didn't it, because I mean, we they're all... not actually playing the matinee tomorrow either because their game starts at 5 p.m. Eastern time, because that's a thing that happens on a weekday. And keep in mind, given that I live in Canada and tomorrow's not a holiday, when I saw that on the schedule last week, I'm like, what in the actual fuck is that? But, you know, I had to think about it. And it's like, oh. Well, 
yeah, lots of people here also won't be able to necessarily see it if they're working. So, you know, unfortunately, it's one of those holidays that should not, I don't think it should be an optional holiday, but it is for a lot of companies. So there we go. Um, anyway, that's against the Islanders at the Nassau Coliseum. So, you know, 2015 takes and all that. Oh, sidebar. Speaking of 2015 takes, did you see something that um, um, to, to see something that that uh, was a uh, Ty put Ty Anderson put, um, wrote? I think on Friday or was it yesterday? Basically saying, "Bob Boston fans should start getting ready to hate the 2015 to draft more." And his reason was Kirill Kaprizov. I'm like, they traded the fifth. It was, it was it was Boston's fifth. They traded to to um uh, to, to Minnesota in 2015 in exchange for Minnesota's 2016 fifth, which Boston used on Cameron Clark. Oh, well, I mean like fuck, but like also I don't remember anyone once complaining apart. apart no, no one's ever complained that Jamie Ben was taken with a fifth that was Boston's. It's that's, that, that's just a trivia point. So like, I don't, that doesn't count. What I the mean, fuck are you doing? really, you know, the guy doesn't go down low. So why would we want him? But, but but anyway, the point is, I don't know why Ty wrote this. It's not really in character for him to be something that's like provocative for no other reason than for the sake of being provocative. Maybe Hags gave him a hit, a, a tip to do that. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. I hope he's not taking any more tips from him. But anyway, I don't know. I believe Ty, when he says that Hags is a nice guy, but it doesn't mean he's any good at his job. <laughs> You know, it, it, last night we got into a conversation on the Zoom about personas, mm-hmm. persona versus the real you. We were actually talking about Henry Rollins and and basically how, like, you know, Ellen was like, yeah, well, he talks about how, you know, he, he kind of cries at weddings and all these things. And I'm like, I'm not surprised by this. I'm like, he has a very public persona and he's probably a different person than that, you know, when he's doing his regu- regular private life. Everybody's like that. Incidentally, John Fetterman for Senate in Pennsylvania is essentially is essentially Henry Rollins for Senate in my mind, and I'm excited about the prospect. Yeah, and and he's got a good boy named Levi. And you and you can look at him; you can tell that man beat the fuck out of some Nazi punks in the in the scene back in the late eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. We need people like that. Um, oh yeah, especially yeah. right now. Yes, yes. So I, I don't know why Ty wrote that. Maybe he needed to write an article. And that was like, yeah, we need to write, You need. we need some content. Or maybe they said, hey, why don't you rattle the cage? I don't know. You there, generate clicks. Go forth. <laughs> yes, yes. So. Anyway, sorry about that. That's okay. Schedule continues on Thursday, the 21st um, uh, versus Philadelphia in Boston. 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Philadelphia has been off to a pretty spiffy start, so that should be fun. Um, <laughs> I followed that up two days later, of course, with the same thing again on uh, Saturday the 23rd. Also 7 p.m. Also Boston. Also Philadelphia, etc., etc. Oh, do you, uh, you want to put the 126 game in there? Yeah, I suppose that, yeah. And then January 26th, so the two following Tuesday versus Pittsburgh, still in Boston. You know, so that's always fun. Yep. You know, wh- uh, you brought up uh, that we're playing the Flyers this week, and, and I'm very interested in seeing those games. First of all, two things I want to point out. It's a shame that these aren't in Philadelphia, because that that whole getup they have for Gritty right now is awesome. He's got, like, his own ringside seats, you know, and he's performing, and it's great. 
Uh, so that's one thing. And two, I maybe next week, if I can remember this, I would like to talk about the um, the thing that that one guy said about Voracek that set him off. Uh, one of the many things that he's said about Voracek that set him off about how he's not concerned in the defensive zone and whatever, because I would like to talk about whether or not it's acceptable to allow a player who is really good offensively to just kind of give it up a little bit in the defensive zone. Don't want to have this conversation right now, but something to think about. And Tim, you can, if you have thoughts on it, just send them our way and we'll read them out because next week is a Nick week. I'm very curious because my thoughts are evolving on this. I think it's an interesting conversation. So I find that's an interesting player to be the instigating uh, discussion point there too. So anyway, okay, that'll be fun. Yeah, I think so. So, okay. So those are the games of the week. We're going to see the flyers and the pens and, and the aisles. You know, oh, God, we're not going to see torts this year at all. So sad. But anyway, we have the Internet and that will get us through. Okay, so might as well wrap it all up. Okay, well, listeners, you've been listening to Barely On Topic. Um, uh, You can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Again, assuming I just listed it. Um um, you can, of course, uh, contact us on Facebook. We're at Barely On Topic Podcast. On uh, Twitter, we're at Barely On Topic. And then, of course, there's always our individual Twitter accounts. I, for one, am at Dr. Hand Grenade. I am at Tim A. Richardson. And I am at You're Such a Weasel, It's Not Even Funny. Dot com. Also known as at VA from RI. Tim. Word. <laughs>